Hey y'all, what's up? This is FaZe. I want to thank all y'all for listening to me, man. I had a I had a nice great 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 year with y'all last year. You know what I'm saying? I went off the charts. I, I see y'all loving me. So let's pump it up this year a little better. You know what I'm saying? I got some new content. I'm going to try to do things a little more different and try to analyze and get y'all to realize what's going on before it get too late. I ain't here for no problem. I ain't trying to start no problems. I just want to learn. I just want to learn. I just want to learn. So I want to thank all y'all. And may the most high continue putting your hinges over you, your friends, and your loved ones. And keep evil away from you, that it may not grieve you. And thank you. And let's have a nice and blessed 2023. I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police can kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I got to ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act defend the shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this, but the peace to Marcus. Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in the headlock. This is a desperate move right now by Desperate Alliance, which is NATO. And NATO is getting very, very desperate. Now NATO is actively talking about putting boots on the ground in Ukraine. NATO members over the past few days have started beating the drum that Ukraine is collapsing. So they're saying it. They know what's coming. They know that Ukraine is done. Let's put Western NATO forces on the battlefield. Now, let's put boots on the ground all the way. You got to get forces in there. We got to get those jets and we got to put human beings to fight in these trenches against Putin's army. Smart move. Hey, will you send your son or daughter? In the U.S., former CIA director David Petraeus says that boots on the ground is one option for the next stage of this conflict, but he's also beating the drum for regime change in Russia. Again, handed information from the deep state. Remember, he had a security clearance revoked a number of years ago after he was basically giving secrets to his pillow talk lady. Um, and uh, But nevertheless, over the past couple of months, he's been trotted out by the deep state to go on CNN, to go on MSNBC, to do these television interviews with the Washington Post and others, and push regime change in Russia. He admits the CIA, this is amazing, he admits the CIA is already preparing a coup in Russia, and he'd like to see that unfold. That's an option for him, a coup in Russia, regime change. Watch. The other alternative, of course, is regime change, uh, and that is so hard to calculate that, that he has such a grip on power. Um, but also, as you know from history, um, what is inconceivable uh, all of a sudden can become inevitable, uh, sometimes overnight. Um, and looking for those kind of indicators is something that an organization near and dear to both our hearts uh, is looking for, I'm sure, very, very assiduous. Yeah, the CIA. Boots on the ground. Regime change. That's what David Petraeus wants. Freudian slip there. Um, I love this tweet in response to, to Petraeus. Uh, very arrogant and presumptuous for him to come straight out and say it. 
Coup d'etat is our normal business. Is it why there's a conflict in Ukraine now? Putin is not Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein. This is a different and very dangerous level of game. Yeah. But they don't see it that way. Did you hear what David said, what Petraeus said? He said, sometimes the impossible becomes inevitable, right? The idea that we would actually be going to war with Russia, that seems impossible. But is it, it's inevitable when you provoke them starting in 2014 with sniper attacks to kill people and foment, well, I would uh, argue, you know, a disaster in the Maidan coup, right? I would argue even that right after World War II, when we set up bases to basically and started NATO in response to uh, the Soviet Union. So, like, we've been messing with them since then. Like, too far, yeah. 2014, yes, again, that's where it escalated, but... Well, and we learned in the 1950s, early 1950s, that Soviet Union wanted to become part of NATO. And actually talk and op openly offered, and we said no. So imagine how different things would be, because we can't have two powerful leaders, right? That's the thing, right? We need to have a leader, we need to have one leader on the Western side, and then we need to have an enemy, right? That's how these things work in good storytelling. And that's exactly what we're doing now. So the impossible becomes inevitable when you, yeah, increase and provoke and get to this level of insanity by sending continuing to send a ton of weapons into this country. So of course NATO doesn't want peace at all. Now we have more confirmation of this. This weekend, in fact, we now know that the peace was almost ironed out. This is remarkable. Peace was almost ironed out between Putin and Zelensky until NATO got in the way of it. So this is the former Prime Minister of Israel. Uh, this is Naftali Bennett. This is his first interview that he's done uh, since leaving office. He sat down on Saturday to this interview and said that NATO blocked his efforts at brokering peace between Ukraine and Russia. So here's how David DeCamp over at Antiwar.com puts it in text. And he says, on March 4th, 2022, Bennett traveled to Russia to meet with President Putin. In the interview, he details his meditation at the time between uh, uh, mediation, excuse me, between Putin and Ukrainian President Zelensky, which he said he coordinated with the United States, France, Germany, and the UK. Bennett said that both sides agreed to major concessions during his mediation effort. But ultimately, the Western leaders opposed Bennett's efforts. He says, quote, I'll say this in the broad sense. I think there was a legitimate decision by the West to keep striking Putin and not negotiate, Bennett said. When asked if the Western powers blocked the mediation efforts, Bennett said, basically, yes, they blocked it and I thought they were wrong. Admission from the Israeli Prime Minister, who was in the room where it happened. Caitlin Johnstone takes it one step further and says, she writes, in March of last year, Bloomberg's uh, uh, Niall Ferguson reported that sources in the US and UK governments had told him the real goal of Western powers in this conflict is not to negotiate peace or end the war quickly, but to prolong it in order to bleed Putin and achieve regime change in Moscow. Ferguson wrote that he has reached the conclusion that the U.S. intends to keep this war going, and he says he has other sources to corroborate this. And remember in September, Vladimir Putin gave a speech in which he addressed this. He addressed the fact that they were actively in Turkey having peace talks with Zelensky and we're getting very close to a conclusion, a peaceful solution, until someone got in the way. Listen. And I want to say that publicly for the first time, after the start of the special military operation, also at the Istanbul negotiations, um, uh, there was a very positive reaction to our proposals concerning ensuring the security of Russia. But it was obvious that the West was not happy with a peaceful decision. So after reaching certain compromises, they effectively were given a direct um, order to undermine the negotiations. Don't you love the West? Don't you love NATO? Like here we literally have them at the table agreeing to a peaceful solution to this. Like we're going to take this portion of the Donbass, the area that you've been attacking for the last eight years, and there's been a genocide there. We'd like you to stop killing innocent people. We're going to we're going to provide security and stability in that area. That's part of our that's what our concession will be. 
and then we will leave you alone. And we will we will also make other concessions on our side. There were big concessions made by the Russian side. Sorry, we don't want that. We would rather have death and destruction. We would rather have the West continuing to provoke Russia because we see the decline of the U.S. dollar. It's about power. The decline of the U.S. dollar hegemony and power in the West. How do we hang on to power? We have to create regime change in Russia. Russia is becoming too self-sufficient. It's aligning itself too strongly with, with China, Saudi Arabia, and other nations. And it's a huge, it's a huge point of contention for the West. This uh, the digital card for vaccinations last year as an easy start, a little run up, a little test. And we, we heard it coming in six weeks, then it was six months, and then it just, well, I don't think we need it anymore. But what people thought was that there's that simple digital vaccination card, are you vaccinated, yes or no, was a good jump off point. And it didn't seem that we got that. So what do you say to people who will be extremely skeptical that if we can't do what is seemingly easy to do all of this thing? There was an, apart from the fact that there were problems with the underlying security issues which were addressed, these were global issues. We had issues with the quality of the information that was contained in the database. It meant there was an automated system end to end. You would apply for it online and you would get it online. But we found an unacceptable level of fallout because the information in the database was inconsistent. So we took the time to fix it. Now, why is that important to you? If you're getting a fallout rate beyond what is an internationally accepted norm, you have no choice but to fix it. It meant that if we didn't do that and you applied for your card, it meant that you would have to end up in a queued process to get it. And what it would do is frustrate you. Why? No, it can't be. Because you were still able to use what you had, which was the physical card you got when you got vaccinated. Why it was of particular interest to us, and just to clear it up, is that if we wanted to continue, the reason why we would have launched it and can still launch it is if there were countries who would not accept the things that we have and would only accept an electronic certificate that had a QR code in it. And we were searching that. We had the Ministry of, of, of Foreign Affairs look through that. We, we haven't been able to do that. Obviously, by now, the COVID thing has waned. And so the reason why we can still launch it is that it would recommend, it would represent a secure way in which your vaccination record for COVID can be held. But think about if you lose your vaccination certificate that you've had for a child, you know, the car, you could recreate it. I don't think anybody can. And so the idea would be now to expand that to now include those kinds of things. That is why it hasn't been launched, but it could have been launched. The different parts of this population control grid fit together like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. The vaccination drive ties into the biometric identity drive, which ties into the cashless society drive. In Gates's vision, everyone will receive the government mandated vaccinations and everyone will have their biometric details recorded in nationally administered, globally integrated, digital IDs. These digital identities will be tied to all of our actions and transactions, and, if and when they are deemed illegal, they will simply be shut off by the government, or even the payment providers themselves. As he said those words, I reflected on my own life, remembering that there was a time in my life when there were Russian cards in this country where food was rationed and there was a blue card and I remember a green card and you go to the grocery with a card and against that card you were allocated a certain quantum of rice and flour. Those were times that we lived through at the end of the war. One of the major things that the Prime Minister campaigned on in 2020 was this digital card. One card where all your information should be there, pushed on that. I think Estonia was to come on that. Realistically speaking, at the pace that everything is going, is this something that can happen within this term of office, under this second term that goes into 2025? Let me, let me correct and then answer. So part of, we tend to live in a car, at work, people like cars. 
uh, unique identifier, a personal unique identifier, does not, not necessarily have to be card based. What he did say is that we will be able to identify everyone here. Rarely, Andrew, you have a birth certificate. Well, that is even worse. It has no picture of you. So if I walk into a place with your birth certificate, you'll understand why I have to verify it another way. The reason for that is that, one, we need to be able to identify everyone at a unique level because there are advantages of it for you. And those advantages are that when you approach the state for services, it means that we can identify you and assign services specifically for you. If you go into the hospital in, in Port of Spain and if you go into the hospital in, in Scarborough, Tobago, it's supposed to they are supposed to be able to recognize that you are you. So that is not necessarily card-based. That is being able to uniquely identify yourself. And we're going to use some very sophisticated technology to do that, using what we call immutable ledgers and, and things that really and truly we don't need to go into here. In the past, Many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough. And nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. We are now hackable animals. Data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. Does the data about my DNA, my brain, my body, my life, does it belong to me or to some corporation or to the government or perhaps to the human collective? You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. That's over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do re good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see we have no chance, so, 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 so let's do it. vaccine won't help us go the to waste, of course. The vaccine will help <laughs> us, of course. It will make things you know, more manageable. Surveillance. People could look back in a hundred years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century. Good morning to the Caribbean region. This is a regional alert. Good morning to the Caribbean region. This is a regional alert. In particular, Barbados, we are receiving updated information from our intelligence contacts on the ground in Africa, as well as in the United States of America, that the criminal in charge of the World Homicide Organization, formerly known as the World Health Organization, has released a military-grade biological weapon in Equatorial Guinea in Africa. This biological pathogen is known as Marber. Mr. Tedros Ghebreyesus is trying to convince the world that there is another pandemic and that the world needs to engage once again in mass vaccination, lockdowns and mass wearing and all the rest of that utter nonsense that was proven to be completely and totally fraudulent during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is ironic that at the same time the Caribbean Heads of Government Conference in Guyana is actually taking place and the 
one of the um, supporters of this exercise, Mr. Peter Trudeau from Canada, is actually present. I would like to alert the public across the Caribbean region. This so-called Marburg virus is already in the bodies of vaccinated persons. Let me repeat that. This so-called Marburg virus is already in the bodies of those persons that have received the COVID-19 vaccine. This Marburg biological weapon will be activated by the 5G signal. 5G signal at 18 megahertz frequency will activate the Marburg virus. As we know and we have proof of, COVID-19 vaccinations and injections are injecting an operating system which is linked to the cloud via the internet and 5G. If you have been vaccinated with Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, Sinopharm or AstraZeneca, you will be at risk of contracting or suddenly becoming infected with Marburg. The reason that this is happening is because the COVID-19 vaccinations were designed by the pharmaceutical companies on orders of the United States government under the fraudulent direction of Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, Dr. Ralph Barrick, and the Chinese Communist Party. This is not hyperbole. This is not just a announcement to put fear in people's hearts. This is the facts. We have to remember our Heavenly Father did not create a spirit of fear. And this entire Marburg uh, planned epidemic or pandemic that the World Homicide Organization is currently planning is nothing more than a fear-mongering exercise. I would like to point all of the public who are listening to this broadcast to a very important website, which has the resources for treatment, as well as medications that you can order and put, your, um, put in, into your, your family and so on with immediate effect, please go to the website www.truthforhealth.org truthforhealth.org There are resources on that website that will give you the correct medications to take should you think that you are at risk or you have vaccinated persons in your family. One of the most important things to recognize is that the governments across the region will try to push a vaccination program, a mass vaccination program against Marburg. This vaccination program is actually more lethal than the actual pathogen itself. This vaccination, these vaccines have been developed by a company called Sologenics in the United Kingdom, sorry, in the United States which has been funded by Gavi, which is a subsidiary of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to the tune of $468 million. Sologenics is developing a vaccine from the world's deadliest poison, ricin. Ricin is derived from the castor oil plant, which grows right here in Barbados and across the Eastern Caribbean region. The Sologenics vaccine for Marburg will kill more people in the shortest possible time after vaccination than COVID-19 ever will. I will continue to update the public on this. Please have a good morning. Keep the faith. Stay strong. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. That is why our country and our world has become so proliferated with entertainments, mass media, game shows, television shows, amusement parks, drugs, alcohol, and every kind of entertainment to keep the human mind entertained so that you don't get in the way of important people by doing too much thinking. You had better wake up and understand that there are people who are guiding your life and you don't even know it. And all American citizens, I think, have suspected something like this is going on. But we're all too busy trying to stay alive and live our lives. And after all, what can one person do about Russia's President Vladimir Putin has announced that his country's suspending its participation in the last nuclear arms treaty that it has with the United States. Warned he's putting new ground-based nuclear weapons at combat readiness. 
The Arms Treaty, called the New START Treaty, limits the number of nuclear warheads that the two powers can deploy. The U.S., Putin says, is trying to destroy Russia, risks turning a local war in Ukraine into a global conflict. Russia's president... In the case of Russia's actions in Ukraine, we have examined the evidence. We know the legal standards. And there is no doubt these are crimes against humanity. In the case... ...conversation with someone who was in Moscow a couple of days ago, who tells me that the Russian general staff is preparing for a 30-month war against NATO and the United States. All of their munitions factories, equipment factories are running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they are well stocked and they are prepared for the worst. I just had a conversation with someone who was in Moscow a couple of days ago, who tells me that the Russian general staff is preparing for a 30 month war against NATO and the United States. All of their munitions factories, equipment factories are running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they are well stocked and they are prepared for the worst. Have you heard of Project Blue Bane? It's a well-outlined conspiracy that suggests that the secret government is planning a new age religion. Through technology and organizations like NASA, they will attempt to fake the second coming of Christ to create a one-world government. The theory suggests that the project would involve a virus outbreak, staged alien invasion, an artificial rapture, and a global-scale holographic projection of religious figures like Jesus, Buddha, and Muhammad. Sounds familiar, isn't it? COVID and shot-down UFO balloons all seem very suspicious. So, did it start, and what is coming next? So the soulless suits up in D.C. has finally passed the bill, I think it's a law now, to where Ukrainian refugees can come here and receive a buttload of assistance to help get them on their feet. I'm talking social security. Yes, our tax dollars that we paid into by working here. They haven't paid a cent into it, but they can receive the money that we paid into the social security system. They can also receive health care. They can also receive housing allowance to, you know, help get them housing. But my thing is, wasn't 200 billion something dollars sent to Ukraine? You telling me none of that money was for the people? I guess not because they can come here and take our tax dollars. We still have homeless veterans here who have no assistance from the government. We have homeless Americans that can receive nothing from the government, but these Ukrainian refugees can come here and receive everything. Y'all don't, y'all not fed up yet? Like for real, y'all not fed up yet? No, y'all not fed up yet. Y'all still worried about the aftershocks of the Super Bowl. Y'all still worried about the NBA. Y'all still worried about the NHL. Y'all still worried about this celebrity or that celebrity, all that drama, all that bullshit. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like I said in multiple videos, I don't have all the answers. But if we don't unite and come together as Americans, we are all doomed. We are, we are doomed. Because people like me who are aware and are conscious, we are the minority when we need to be the majority. I've said that on plenty of videos. We need to be the majority, but it seems like we are such a small population that we can't do it by ourselves. We need everybody who calls themselves an American to start coming together. Fuck race. Money is the root of the problems. On Ethiopian children. Um, if I'm not completely mistaken, our good friend Leslie Minokian from the United States told us about the experiment. Um, they are offering um, parents money and free education for their children if they allow these children, and I think 5 million are included in this experiment, if they allow these children to be wearing special goggles that transmit blue light directly into their pineal gland. Have you heard of that experiment? That is um, immensely, the goggles that they're wearing, mm -hmm. the actual limit from what I've read uh, for that particular intensity 
of radiation is around 16 minutes. Ooh, and this is going on for years. They're going to get... What is the goal of this? Experimentation. That is the goal, experimentation. Make them into something different? Make them into robots? They or... want to see how long it takes them to develop cataracts uh -huh. and go blind. God. Uh, they want to see uh, how it distorts that they will be followed up on their eyes for ages. It's the same as girls in school wearing uh, these badges. They cannot be turned off. I think they're RIFD badges mm -hmm. uh, where they can be tracked anywhere in the school, anytime of the day or night. Mm -hmm. um, and even going home, they tell the parents that if the if the girls wear these badges, which are microwave transmitters, um, they can be tracked anywhere in school. You don't need to register them in class because they're registered automatically because mm -hmm. the computer does it. But what they don't know is that they're transmitting microwaves into the breast tissue. And there are some 40 papers I have on why the breasts are more susceptible to breast cancer from microwaves than virtually any other cell in the body. So all these girls wearing these are going to develop breast cancer oh my God. on that breast. And it, it, again, it's another experiment. Brain? No. Sooner or later, it is. If you had a bunch of chemicals and you built a tower, could you make it rain? That's the subject of tonight's weird weather. In the early 1900s, there was a gentleman who said he could make it rain. Charles M. Hatfield. Well, he said for $50, he could deliver. Well, Los Angeles farmer said, we need rain. Will you make it rain? He did. And they were so happy, they paid him $100. Well, there was a lake in the area, Lake Hemet. He said for $4,000, he could deliver four inches of rain. So he made this tower and he mixed up some chemicals. Guess what? 11 inches of rain fell and it rose 22 feet. Operators say it was the best bargain they'd ever had. There was another area that needed it. San Diego City contracted him to fill Lake Marina in one year. If he did it, $10,000. If not, he didn't get a penny. January 1st, he put his towers up and started sending his chemicals away. January 5th, it began to rain. January 10th, heavy rain came, kept going. And by January 15th, it had been a downpour for nearly five days. Okay, so the rain did come, and apparently it was Hatfield that was doing it. But look what happened after that. On the 19th, Marina Reservoir filled. The 26th, record-breaking rains were still falling. And the next day, dams were rupturing. Huge amounts of water pouring out of the mountains, heading into San Diego. 20 people lost their lives. 35 inches of rain fell that month. Well, you can imagine there were lawsuits in the millions. The city council says, nope, we're not going to pay. Hatfield said, I'll settle for 4000 Council said, no. It went to the California Supreme Court. They ruled that was an act of God. Well, if that's the case, neither Hatfield nor the city was liable for the damages. Also, if it was an act of God, then that means Hatfield didn't do it. City council, nope. They say they're not going to pay. Well, Charles Hat Hatfield was known by many names. He was a cloud coaxer, a water magician, a moisture accelerator, the wizard of hope, a pluviculturalist, the great precipitator, but most of the time he was just known as Hatfield the Rainmaker. My. Should have bottled. In the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm home, Kevin, I'm always tuned in to fame. He has the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes, very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for 
disproportionality, racism, and bias, the U.S. government, the white power structure, never wants to bring up slavery. This is why they want slavery yes, cut. Yes, Stop yes. talking about slavery. That's you know why? Mm -hmm. Because if you really want to talk about the source of black-white inequality, you have to go to slavery. You have to. You want to talk about the source of police killings in the black community, you got to go back to the slave patrols, which were the original police keeping Negroes on the plantation and making sure they didn't run away from it. That's the original police force. Mm -hmm. Every problem we have in America, every problem we have in the Caribbean, every problem we have in Africa, Central and South America, Canada, the UK, throughout Europe, and Australia originated in slavery and colonization. But the white man doesn't like to go beyond 50 years. If you notice, his conversations are always about what's happening now. He never ties it to history. Mm -hmm. Because if you tie your problems to history, he's the cause of all yes. your problems. Yes. So don't talk about brothers selling it's drugs. True. Don't talk about black men killing each other. Mm -hmm. But what about the fact that the Irish used to kill each other, the Jews used to kill each other? You understand me? That's the okay. Italians used to kill each other until the white man did what? He gave the Jews the civil service government jobs in the city centers. He gave the Italians the fire departments in the city centers, okay. black community, and he gave the Irish the police department. Yeah. He gave them an economic stimulus package to come into our neighborhood and kick our ass and let our homes burn down and take all the government jobs. And that's how the Jews, the Irish, and the Italians was able to stop gang banging and live a decent middle-class white life. Yeah, damn. All we did was step into the underworld that the Jews, Irish, and Italians left, left. us. Yes. And this is yes. why people have to know their yes. political history because these white folks act like you caused them problems. Yeah. Even with ghettos. The Federal Housing Authority created the ghettos. They created the damn ghettos. They gave white people loans to move out into the suburb. Poor white people were able to escape to the suburbs on an FHA loan. When you tried to get one, you wanted to go to the suburbs too. They told you, no, no you ain't got the credit. Yeah. You ain't qualified. Yeah. So then yeah. you said, well, let yeah. me buy a piece of Miami. I want to buy a piece of Miami. I want to buy this abandoned home on my block. And do you know what they say? Unfortunately, we can't finance dilapidated property. So you're not going to let me, you're not going to help me get a home in the suburb. And you ain't going to let me own nothing in the ghetto. And this is how they protected the ghetto for gentrification. That's why when you look around America, black people are being pushed out their mm -hmm. own neighborhood very easy. Because when white flight came to the inner cities, white people left, but they never absolved their control of the real estate. Yeah. Most black people are squatters and renters, not owners. And the government deliberately kept it that way. So in the year 2000, when former President George W. Bush decided that this would be the century of gentrification... We couldn't even fight back against it because we didn't own anything. Okay, so look, right now, they got a real problem with people like me and you. You 
know, those of us who didn't decide to get certain things injected into our vessels, they got a problem with us right now. Tell me why. Tell me why they are tracking us. They tracking us. Now, y'all know how this app be, so I'm not even going to even say anything close to that V word. But it says, look, tracking people who go to the doctor and hospital due to CDC designed surveillance program. They got a surveillance program that helped them surveillance the people who decided not to get a shot. Really? The U.S. federal government is tracking people who decided not to get the, according to bombshell federal government records and video exclusively obtained by National File. According to the shocking video, people are quietly tracked when they go to the doctor's office or to the hospital due to a quiet due to a quiet new program proposed and implemented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is the CDC. Government meeting materials make clear that the new program is designed, is designed to track people who are not immunized or only partially immunized. And reading it to this, y'all, that's the part that just got me. The people who they are labeling as partially immunized. It is just so wrong. They claiming that even if you did get it, even if you did get one or two, you're still labeled as being partially immunized and you still got to get more immunizations. Even if you are physically unable to. Like they really in our business. They really want to track us. They really want to know why we got the ability to think for ourselves. Basically, like this is a whole blatant attack. Because what reason do you have for doing this? The only people you should, the only people you really got the right to be tracking is the ones who did decide to get it, not the ones who didn't. That's how you know they have an agenda for us. Now, the system that they use to track us is called ICD-10 codes. International Classification of Diseases, which is ICD codes, are a set of designations used by healthcare staff to communicate diseases, symptoms, abnormal findings, and other elements of a patient's diagnosis in a way that is universally accepted by those in the medical and insurance field. So basically, it's a system that they use in the medical field to track your medical history. But it looks like they've upgraded this system and now they're using it for different reasons. I mean, they take taking surveys and everything. They just have to find out why. Why people don't want to get this put in their body? Like, um, they caught on to your agenda. Hello? Y'all make sure y'all look into this. Like, for real. And read here at the bottom, it says the ICD-10 coding system was created by the World Health Organization. Well, CDC was holding a meeting discussing the potential to track those who were unvaccinated. As Joe Biden continues provoking a war with Russia, more evidence is piling up that the entire conflict is designed to protect U.S. military labs conducting illegal biological experiments. When America's Pearson Sharp explains. For most of us Americans, the so-called war in Ukraine doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you start to dig under the surface, under the slick media propaganda promoting war and destruction, then you'll understand why our leaders are pushing America to kick off World War III. To put it simply, Ukraine is the deep state. I don't mean it's a part of it, I mean it is the deep state. Ukraine isn't even its own country anymore. It's been bought and sold by the West for the West, and a Western puppet has been put in power to do the bidding of his Western masters. President Volodymyr Zelensky isn't the leader of Ukraine. He's an actor who was hired to play a part so Washington can continue using Ukraine as its own personal money laundering piggy bank and bioweapons playground. Those biological and chemical weapons facilities the mainstream media won't talk about? Yeah, they're real. And there's a good chance they were even instrumental in cooking up COVID-19. Independent journalist Clandestine exposed the evidence on Twitter, pointing out the whole operation started back in 2005, when then-Senator Barack Hussein Obama took a trip to Ukraine with Senator Richard Lugar to inspect former Soviet weapons facilities. In reality, the U.S. was taking control of these top-secret bioweapons facilities complete with a fully stocked arsenal of the deadliest nuclear and chemical weapons on the planet. And for the next decade and a half, 
Top secret, U.S. government research was carried out in these labs without any oversight or accountability. That's how Joe Biden and his son Hunter were able to get their foot in the door with Hunter's company. Russians have said they are only interested in liberating, liberating at this point in time Russia, which means the right bank of Kherson will be Russian, Zaporizhia will be Russian, Donetsk, Lugansk will be Russian, but the Russians have put a little caveat on there. Back when we gave the Ukrainians the HIMARS, the high mobility artillery rocket system, uh, 80 kilometer range, the Russians went, well, now it's going to be the territories plus 80, you see, because we have to keep you out of artillery range. We're never going to allow you to fire artillery shells into Russia again. So we're pushing you back for 80 kilometers beyond the borders. Congratulations, Zelensky. You just lost a whole lot more territory. But then the geniuses, they said, hey, America, give us even longer range stuff. So the Americans are talking about giving them this small bomb, uh, you know, this, this advanced 150 kilometers. Well, all that's going to force the Russians to do is go 150 kilometers in. And now rocket scientists um, take your little compass, go to the map, get the scale, and then they start drawing the arc rings around the border and see what 150 kilometers is and understand that's pretty much the territory that Ukraine is going to lose forever. That includes Kharkov, probably includes Odessa. Um, you know, this is the end of Ukraine. I think the Zelensky regime is a regime that has empowered uh, the odious neo-Nazi ideology uh, of Stepan Bandera, the national hero. Uh, the Ukrainian armed forces sang songs in his honor. Uh, we can go on and on and on on that. Uh, so I have no sympathy for the Ukrainian government. But my God, my heart bleeds for the Ukrainian people. Not the ones in Western Ukraine. Look, if, you're, if, you, if you put up a statue of Stepan Bandera, F-A-F-O, okay? You're going to find out. It ain't going to end pretty for you guys. I am telling you right now, the surge is coming for you. But it's the people that wanted to live their normal lives. The people that went to work, had a job, have a wife, have kids, have parents, grandparents. And they just wanted to live their lives. And those lives are over. Ukraine is being destroyed right now as a modern nation state. That's something I predicted early on. I said, this war, when it ends, there will not be a Ukraine. It's coming true. They've already lost 20% of their territory. They're getting ready to lose another 30%. <laughs> I mean, it's mind-boggling how Zelensky claims to be the president who cares about the Ukrainian people, but he's overseeing the dismemberment of his country. And the slaughtering, my God, 300,000 troops dead. That means that there's a whole bunch of wounded guys, too. And modern combat wounds aren't, you know, a nick, a scar. You're losing arms, you're losing legs, your brain's addled. Guys, you get gut shot. What do you think happens? All right? It ain't the movies. Oh, I died. No, boom, you're gone. Brain's out. I mean, it's real, guys. It's real. And they're getting slaughtered. They're getting butchered. Not just the Ukrainians, too. The Russians are suffering casualties. Not on this scale, but the Russians are... There's Russians are suffering more casualties per day than we suffered in the Vietnam War at its height. And it broke the back of America at that time. But the Russians are soldiering on. Um, but this is just tragic. And what makes it even more tragic is the United States and NATO made this war happen. There is only one. That's why when people say, well, we can't let these people speak at the rally because they're pro-Russian. No, 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 guys. We're just calling it as we see it. This conflict is about good versus evil. And let me tell you right now, the evil out there is the United States. The evil out there is NATO. And if you don't recognize that, then I don't want to have anything to do with you. Because if you're trying to pretend that this war wasn't predicated based upon a decision made in 2008 to invite Ukraine into NATO, then you have no clue what you're talking about. If you don't understand the role played in 2014 in the Maidan coup d'etat, don't call it a revolution, it was a coup d'etat ousting and how the United States handpicked these people to govern knowing that they were closely aligned with the neo-Nazis of Sloboda in the, in the right sector and then turning the blind eyes, they declared war on the ethnic Russians. In April, they passed a law calling ethnic Russians terrorists and they unleashed the Ukrainian army on them. Okay, if you don't understand it, then I don't want to talk with you because you don't know what you're talking about. And that's half the problem here. All the people out there, they're saying, I'm anti-war, I'm anti-war. They don't know what they're talking about. You don't even know what anti-war means. If you think anti-war means pacifism, you don't have a clue about reality because pacifists die. That's the truth. Pacific gets get swamped by Hitlers. 
They get swamped by Imperial German. They get swamped by Banderists. Pacifists need people like me who are willing to step up to the plate, draw the line and say, not one step further or I will slaughter you because I am not a pacifist. I'm a warrior. You want to take me on, you will lose. But I also understand that you have to fight for the right cause. There has to be just cause for this conflict or else war is just murder. War is murder no matter what. Your humans are killing humans. It's the worst thing that could ever happen to mankind is war. We should never want to go to war. But if we do go to war, be on the right side of history and win. What we're doing right now in Ukraine is evil. It's pure evil. We're, we're, we claim to be the friends of the Ukrainian people. We claim to be their friends. And look at what we've done to them. If this is friendship, man, I wouldn't want to be in love with the Ukrainian people because God knows what that would turn into. Um, we're not the friends of the Ukrainian people. We don't care about the Ukrainian people. We put the flags on our social media. We put the, we, they fly everywhere. I see the flag fly. Really, guys, that's how you treat your friends. You let the U.S. government allow them to be slaughtered on the battlefield. They're destroying. There won't be Ukraine when this is done. How much do you love Ukraine? And the answer is you don't. Want to know why? Because you have no clue what Ukraine is. Anybody who puts that flag up there, I can guarantee you, I could interrogate them for five two minutes it'll be clear they don't have a clue what they're talking about they don't have any grasp of history they don't have any understanding of the underlying issues they just put the flag up there because you know they're trying to i forget the term that's used when you uh, when you project that uh, you know that, that I'm, I'm i'm a good person i'm projecting that i'm a good person you're not a good person you're a moron moron for that flag look if you honestly know the issues and you put that flag up there because you're sincerely with the ukrainian people i apologize I apologize. You have every right to do that. I speak once more to the people of Russia. The United States and the nations of Europe do not seek to control or destroy Russia. The West was not plotting to attack Russia, as Putin said today. And millions of Russian citizens who only want to live in peace with their neighbors are not the enemy. This war is never a necessity. It's a tragedy. President Putin chose this war. Every day the war continues is his choice. He could end the war with a word. It's simple. If Russia stopped invading Ukraine, it would end the war. If Ukraine stopped defending itself against Russia, it would be the end of Ukraine. That's why together we're making sure Ukraine can defend itself. Most important message to the NATO and the West Putin proclaimed that Russia cannot be defeated, not diplomatically, not in the information war, and definitely not on the battlefield. He said no matter how much the West tries to threaten Russia's existence, the country will bounce back, undeterred and indomitable. The Western elites do not conceal their goals. As they say, it's a direct quote to bring Russia a strategic defeat. What does it mean? What is it for us? It means to end us once and for all. It means they plan to turn a local conflict into a global confrontation. We understand it exactly like that. We will react to it accordingly. This is because, in this case, it is about the very existence of our country. However, they can't but be aware that Russia cannot be defeated on the battlefield, so they conduct more and more aggressive information attacks against us. Now, what do we make of these remarks? Well, to start with, the speech made one thing absolutely clear, that this conflict is going to extend further because Russia is in no mood to back down. And secondly, decision makers in Western capitals will now have to negotiate better their current attempts have failed. And number three, the West needs to stop speaking from a position of strength and start looking at this as a war of equals. And I say this because the collective might of Western countries has failed to yield any concessions, concessions from Russia. If anything, it has only strengthened Putin's resolve. Perhaps the West needs to reconsider how it looks at this war and realize the full potential of the enemy that it is facing. If it is still not convinced, then perhaps it should look at some recent developments and gauge the people's mood in Europe. Reports say Biden's visit to Poland 
has fueled further skepticism among the people. Skepticism that the West's stubbornness will prolong this crisis. And they say they have lost faith in Joe Biden and his ability to end this conflict. And then you have headlines like these. Ukraine's deputy foreign minister saying that they are not just fighting Russia anymore, they are also fighting Western fatigue in this war. That the people of Europe have lost the appetite for this war. More they cannot ignore the fact that Russia cannot be defeated on the battlefield. So they're waging increasingly aggressive information attacks. First of all, targeting the young generations, lying on every step, distorting historical truth, attacking our culture, the Russian Orthodox Church, and other traditional religious institutions in our country. Now look at what they're doing with their own peoples. They're destroying the institution of family, their cultural and historical identity, and uh, various perversions with regard to children up to pedophilia are accepted as uh, the new norm. And priests are forced to recognize and officiate same-sex weddings. People can live however they want, and uh, we in Russia have uh, never intruded into people's private life. And we're not going to do that. But what we want to say is maybe they should take a look in the scripture, into the holy book of any great religion. It says that the family is a union between woman and man. And these holy texts are now being increasingly doubted in the West. The uh, Anglican Church is now considering the idea of a gender-neutral God. What can we say? God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They can't. Announcement. And then South China Morning Post in Hong Kong. BRICS expanding to Saudi Arabia and Indonesia. In more than a dozen countries. Yeah, let's uh, jump into this really quick. Uh, uh, number 60. Um, Algeria, uh, Argentina, Iran, uh, Afghanistan, Egypt, Indonesia, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey right. expressing interest. Also, uh, Kazakhstan, Nicaragua, Nigeria, Senegal, Thailand, and the United Arab Emirates also indicating they're interested in joining the BRICS alliance. We're watching the change of the world order. Uh, the old new world order is dying. A new new world order is rising. And there's going to be a war to settle which one is going to run the world for the next hundred years. Got to go. God. NATO has moved closer to Russia rather than Russia moving closer to NATO. Is that not an accurate way to look at this? I think that's the way President Putin probably looks at it. It's certainly not but the way that we look at it. You don't think that NATO has expanded eastward toward Russia? NATO has expanded. Toward... So the reason that the Russian army is at NATO's doorstep is not the fault of the Russian army. Not the. It's not... The Russian army that's done it. It's NATO has moved closer to move I'm pretty east. sure it wasn't NATO who was ordering, you know, upwards of 15 battalion tactical groups to within 10 kilometers of the border with Ukraine. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't NATO who put little green men inside Ukraine to destabilize okay. eastern well, I'm cities. I'm pretty sure that Ukraine is not a member of NATO. Do you not understand how, or can you not even see how the Russians would perceive it as a, as a threat? And the fact that it keeps getting closer to their border. You're moving closer to Russia. You're blaming the Russians for being close to NATO. Oh, We're blaming the Russians for violating the territorial integrity of Ukraine and destabilizing okay. the security Which situation. Which is not a NATO member. Which is not a NATO. The reason why that NATO's army is on the doorstep of Russia is because we moved, not Russia. And it's just obvious that we're the bad guys. The United States are the world's terrorists. We have a thousand military bases. You know, we have 400 military bases surrounding China since the Korean War. We just added three new military bases in the Philippines they just announced two weeks ago. This is how all empires end. We're ending, we're overextending militarily while we have people living under every bridge. People don't have health care, 
living wage. Half the country can't afford a $500 emergency. 80% of workers live paycheck to paycheck. 50% of wage earners earn $30,000 or less. People go bankrupt when they get sick in this country. We have homeless people everywhere, and that's because our government is 100% corrupted. It's the people think that it's corrupted like, oh, Joe Biden gave his kid a no-show job on a Ukraine energy board, or Donald Trump gave his kid a deal with the South. No, 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 that's regular corruption. I'm talking about 100%. Everything the government does, it only does it because of corruption. And that's the only way the wheels get greased is through corruption. That's why we can send $100 billion to Ukraine without any oversight, and we still won't send it to our own cities to fix our homelessness or our bridges that those homeless people are living under we won't even fix our own goddamn country so people don't realize that this is pretty much a banana republic we're we're at the end this is the end of this empire the current rate of ukraine's ammunition expenditure is many times higher than our current rate of production they knew this back in september Ugh. then they've killed innocents knowing that this would be a failure and wasted 50 billion borrowed american dollars knowing it would be wasted look the offensive that took place in september was the only chance ukraine had at winning the war and it was no chance at all because the russians literally gave up territory for lives and killed the ukrainians coming in no one's talking about it they destroyed the reserves and in doing so they exposed the reality that ukraine doesn't have the ability to sustain this fight and the weak link is artillery when the russians are bringing 20, 40, 60,000 rounds a day, and Ukraine is firing six, eight, 10,000 rounds in return, and Ukraine can't sustain that, and Russia can. And I've said this to you from day one. That's the reality of this war. And you know who agrees with me? The commander of American forces, of allied forces in Europe, General uh, Kavoli, I think his name is, he spoke in Sweden last month, and he basically said, what's going on in Ukraine today is of a scope and scale beyond anything NATO is capable of doing. We can't fight that fight stunningly came out and admitted how corrupt Ukraine is. Ukrainian government is one of the worst in the world. In, you know, corrupt, controlled by a few rich people. I mean, really uh, unfortunate for the people in Ukraine. Holy smokes, that's Bill Gates saying that. And you know what kind of an opinion we have of Bill Gates on this show. I bet Ukraine didn't like those comments. Stunningly came out and admitted how corrupt Ukraine is. Ukrainian government is one of the worst in the world. In, you know, corrupt, controlled by a few rich people. I'm now, why is this not being known more widely in America? Why is this being swept under the rug? We have a gigantic industry in the United States and in the West, which is determined to limit black people to a slave mentality, to tell them you've been slaves and the only way you're ever going to get out of that is to rely on the slave mentality of the socialistic welfare democratic system, which is going to subsidize your manumission ever further. Well, as we know, no one ever gets out of his own bondage by someone else doing it for you. It's by your own work that you bring yourself out of bondage. The elite do, when you see that you're outnumbered by black and white folks who are penniless, landless, peasants, you have to do one of two things. You either have to kill them all, but you can't do that because who's going to work? Rich folks weren't going to. They had to get poor people to work. The whole point was to be a person of leisure back in those days. That was the goal, was not to work. So you couldn't kill them all. You didn't want to kill them all. You have to do the work yourself. You have to build your own levy, build your own house. No, pick your own tobacco, harvest your own cotton. No, we're not going to do any of that. So you can't kill them, but you can co-opt them. And so the elite in Virginia, for example, in the colony, begins to give certain carrots to people of European descent, saying things like, you know, we're going to let you own a little land. Not much, but just a little. And we're going to get rid of indentured servitude. Now you're free labor. And by the way, once you're free labor, you get 50 acres of land just because you're free labor, see? So we're going to cut you in on this deal. We're going to let you enter into contracts. We're going to let you testify in court. And here's the best of all. We're going to put you on the slave patrol to keep those people in line, right? The idea was you're still going to get your clock clean. We still don't like you. We still aren't going to really empower you or change your economic subordination, but we're going to make you honorary members of this team, and you're going to help us keep those other people down. So they got a little taste of power, and it did effectively divide and conquer those coalitions. Those rebellions began to stop almost instantly.
boy into a princess And they ain't even gave him a chance to be a prince yet They sick agenda telling you to let him clip his member He can't even pick his bedtime, but he could pick his gender uh, They say that I ain't woke, I say they ignorant. they ignorant See, I remember how the pilgrims did the Indians Remember, they ain't just attacked him, they befriended him Gave him blankets full of diseases and ended him Outrage, footage leaking every other week or two So you don't see the blankets, they sneaking you They ain't gotta squeeze at you, they feminizing your males and leading you into a lifestyle that won't allow you to reproduce. One black light gone, they'll march in the street with you. They hand you a blanket to say a portion is free for you. How else you gonna get ex-slaves to agree with you? To kill themselves, say you giving them the freedom to. Bizzle, let's wake them up. Yeah!